Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another installment of Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. I'm your host for the week, Kevin Krupe. Along with me, as always, is the lovely and talented John Luke Shapiro. How's it going, John Luke? I, I am well, Kevin. Um, <clears throat> you don't have to lie to these people. Um <laughs> I, I'm just telling it as I see it, man. I am talented, but I don't know if I'm lovely. Uh, that's up for so debate. Lovely. He's very lovely. Thank don't, you. Don't listen to him. And in the other corner, weighing in at 170 pounds, I'm just guessing. You look pretty lean. Pretty close. There, Russ. Pretty close, actually, so I can't even say that's Russell Hartman. How's it going, What's up, man? Kev? I'm doing all right, brother. I'm doing all right. How, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, just another day in lovely paradise where we can't go anywhere. Another day, another nickel. It's, <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Krabs. It's, it's considerate Russell here and Mr. Krabs. He's either Mr. Krabs or Patrick Starr, one of the two. I, I think it's Patrick just because Russell is always happy and he never sees the downside in anything. So, Russell, why did you decide to buy another thing? Money. <laughs> am i really gonna defile this grave for money yes of course i am, course I am. <laughs> uh, uh, spongebob references all, all our audience SpongeBob won't get. jokes aside let's hear from the main man himself anthony scultore the leader emperor and dictator of foreverblueshirts.com <laughs> You're listening to Rangers Insights with Forever Blue Shirts founder Anthony Scultore. First, Anthony goes into detail on the NHL draft lottery, the results, and what it could mean for the New York Rangers. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of New York Rangers Insights by ForeverBlueShirts.com. It's me, Anthony, your fearless leader. Okay, maybe not fearless maybe not a leader but still having some fun with you guys talking new york rangers hockey nhl news and i hope you will be enjoying this podcast let's start off with the first thing that everyone's going to be talking about for a little while because it is such a fun topic and that is the fact that a mystery team won the nhl draft lottery i'm going to make it simple as simple as i can make it the only chance the Rangers have of picking the number one pick in the draft, which is Alexis Lafreniere, I hope I said that right, the only shot they have is if they lose to the Carolina Hurricanes. You see, that first round pick we got from Carolina in the Brady Shea trade has this little stipulation in it that they either get the Carolina pick or they get the Toronto pick. One of those two that Carolina owns. Here's the deal. 
They're going to give up the lesser of the two. So if Toronto were to get knocked out and they win the draft, then we automatically get Carolina's pick, wherever that is. And bottom line is that, that's, that Toronto pick is protected between 1 through 10. And there's no shot that they're going to get the ninth of the 10th pick with the way they're positioned if they don't win the lottery in the second phase. So you want that first pick, you got to hope the Rangers lose. And I can't see any Ranger fan really wanting that. I also posted that as a scenario, um, and over 2,000 people voted, and over 70% were like, no, let's go for a cup run. So that's exactly what's going on. I know the boys will dive into it a lot more on this podcast. Next, Anthony goes into detail on the Vitaly Kratsov situation for the New York Rangers. Some big news that is coming out of Russia has to do with Rangers number one draft pick Vitaly Kratsov. Um, he opened up in a Russian interview uh, with Sports Express, I believe, and he talked about what happened last year. Uh, he's also stating that he will be on his way back July 3rd uh, to the States to take part in the phase three training camps. Uh, I think there is some question about that still, but we'll see. What uh, he did open up a little bit about is when he came back from the KHL after they demoted him to their minor league affiliate, uh, he said, you know, I can't talk about some things, some of which remain incomprehensible to me. So it's better to completely forget about all this. It's just that this story, there's no heroes or villains. And he's talking about how they told him to come back and that he'd get a shot. And he felt that he actually earned a shot late in the season, whether he did or he didn't. Uh, his play in Hartford was better, but I don't know if he earned a shot late in the season for a call-up. Uh, the season was suspended, so who knows? The Rangers might have plans to bring him up in the last few games. So there could be some misunderstanding there. But it, I feel like he left it up in the air as it, that there is some miscommunication going on. Um, there could be some some communication issue between him and the team not understanding uh, the process. So I wouldn't pass judgment. He is eager to play for the Rangers. He's eager to be a big part of the team. Um, biggest quote to come out of that interview is he said that the team told me they see me in their plans for the next 10 years. And then I am told I am not ready for the NHL. I don't understand. So this goes back to that communication issue. And maybe that's all it is. But the bottom line is that we've got a little bit more insight about what happened between Vitaly Kratsov and the New York Rangers last season. His uh, decision to go back to the KHL, not working out, and coming back here. I think all in all, let's not make a mountain out of a molehill. I think he will be a Ranger. I think they, they desperately would love to have him in the lineup. He is an offensively gifted player. Uh, I'm sure there will be questions about coachability if something goes wrong, but let's take it all with a grain of salt. But I felt that was pretty big news coming out of Russia. Next on Ranger Insight, Anthony discusses Lindy Ruff and his future in the National Hockey League. Another big story we should be talking about is Lindy Ruff. Um, last week, we said that Lindy Ruff was a New Jersey Devils candidate. Uh, it also came out, Friedman said that he's in strong consideration for the job. I wrote on ForeverBlueShirts.com that this very well could be Lindy Ruff's final season with the New York Rangers. And the reason why I write that 
is this is now two summers in a row where Lindy Ruff has asked for permission and gotten it from the Rangers to go and interview for a head coaching job. Last summer, it was the Buffalo Sabres. He did not get the job. I believe he. this is the final year of his contract. And then this summer, he went to go ask the New Jersey Devils for a job. So to me, it's all pointing to this is the final season for Lindy Ruff. He said last summer he has a burning desire to be a head coach again. And regardless if he gets the New Jersey Devils job or not, some other opportunities will be there. And I truly believe he will not be here next season. In this portion of Ranger Insights, Anthony goes into detail on Nils Lundqvist staying in Sweden. Also coming out of Europe, Nils Lundqvist has decided that he will remain in the SHL for one more season. He has signed a one-year deal with Lulia, and he will stay there and continue his development. I think it's a wise move. I don't think he's ready to crack the Rangers lineup, and if so, You'd be forcing the Rangers to take a guy like Adam Fox or Tony D'Angelo and move him to the left side. Uh, we also don't know if Keandre Miller is going to be ready. So there's a lot of questions uh, to be had on the Rangers' defense. But it's a good decision that Nils Lundqvist will be staying one more season in the SHL in Sweden. Next, Anthony goes into detail on the Brendan Lemieux situation and his status for this season and the upcoming season. As we await the start of play, one thing still remains unresolved. At the end of the season, before it was suspended, Brendan Lemieux uh, hit a Colorado Avalanche player. It was ruled a hit to the head, and they said he was going to be suspended, and that they would determine the number of games once they had returned to play plans in place. They actually have them now. I don't know what's taking so long. I did reach out to a source close to Brendan Lemieux and was told that uh, there really doesn't, there shouldn't be uh, any further punishment at this point in time. Uh, I believe if the regular season would have continued, Brendan Lemieux was up for a four-game suspension. Uh, that's a pretty heavy hit uh, for a player who is basically finishing a check. Um, the contact with the head looked incidental. It was definitely away from the puck. Um, it wasn't, I've seen worse hits. I've seen Alex Ovechkin deliver boarding hits that never get called or ever get reviewed. Again, this is a reputation suspension as far as I'm concerned. But the question is, what do, should they do? Should the NHL suspend him for a game? Will, will they tell us he's suspended for a playoff game against the Carolina Hurricanes? Or could they say the suspension is going to be moved to start the next regular season and he'll miss three games then? There's a lot to be answered here, but we're still waiting on any news with regards to Brendan Lemieux's suspension. And finally on Ranger Insights, Anthony goes into detail on the positive COVID tests in the NHL and future CBA negotiations. And on a final note, the NHL released new testing results. 15 more players have tested positive for COVID-19 out of 250 players that have been tested since phase two started. Uh, if you do recall, there were 11, test, 11 players who tested positive before phase two protocols started. So now the total is 25 players, and the one player we know of is Austin Matthews, whose name got leaked out in the press. The question I have is this. At some point, 
I believe the NHL is going to pass a CBA extension and they will return to play. But there's going to be a handful of players who, just like Ryan Zimmerman in Major League Baseball, opted out and other players are starting to opt out from other leagues of coming back. There will be an NHL player that doesn't want to come back or feels it's unsafe for a multitude of reasons. Um, Again, this is just based off of what I'm seeing and reading everywhere else in other leagues. You have to assume that there's going to be some NHL players who will say, I will not come back and play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's a big question. We'll keep on top of that story. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Once again, please come and read us at foreverblueshirts.com. And thanks for joining us again this week. Thank you again, Ant, for that lovely insight, which is just essentially reading the news. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. He's not going to be too happy about that. I I love you, Ant. Here's the thing, though. If you say that and he gets upset, then we know he listens. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. Because if he doesn't hear hear it. Let's see if you're actually listening, buddy. He's going to come back to us the day after we, uh, not even like the minute after. Guys, you're, fu- you're fired. You're fired. That's it. Get out. I'll do. I'll do the podcast myself. Uh, listen, guys. We have actual like NHL news for like the first time in months. We do, and it's yes, it's the do. most obscure thing that anything could have happened. Friday at eight p.m. This past Friday, of course, I'm talking about the draft lottery commenced with. If you didn't watch it, now you know the fact that a random team, not even a team in the bottom seven, got the first overall pick. And it is unknown. Good grief. No one has any idea Uh-oh. who's going to get the first pick <laughs> overall for future, future Hall of Famer Alexi Lafreniere. So... Russell, I, I know you're very excited. Can you just inform the folks at home, like, how can we get this number one pick if the Rangers were to do so? Okay. So, originally, we were all very excited, and a lot of the writers and analysts were excited because the Rangers were the one team that could have had the dream scenario. So, what is the dream scenario? Winning the Stanley Cup and being awarded the number one overall pick. Unfortunately, Toronto was just a few points shy of being eligible to move up enough spaces to be in the top 10, thus meaning their pick is not protected, so Carolina would get their pick regardless, and we would not get their pick due to the conditions on the trade with um, Brady Shea. So, the only way the Rangers can get the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft is if they lose to the Hurricanes in any fashion in their play-in round series, thus giving them and the other eight teams that lose in the qualifying round a 12.5% chance at Alexi Lafreniere of the Ramuski Oceanic or Quinton Byfield of the Sudbury Wolves. Was that good, Kevin? That was great. That was fantastic. You <laughs> you summed it up perfectly. I love it. And it's a little weird now because it's all these bottom teams essentially from number 8 until number, what, uh, 17? Just something numbers, like that. Something like that. Yeah. They had barely any chance to get this first round pick and first overall pick and now they get a 12.5 percent chance which is Mm -hmm. anything they could have dreamed of just in their spot if the playoffs 
starred when they were supposed to. Now, JL, it's like the 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 Rangers have a very like tough predicament ahead of them. What, what what's better right now? What's better just for the Rangers going forward into the off season, into the beginning of next season? What's better? Do you think that they should, if they did lose, would you rather them lose and have a twelve point five percent chance at getting the first round pick? First, I keep saying round. I meant overall. You know what I mean. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> the first yes. round, first overall. I did it again. Oh man, it's okay. We know uh, what so, you mean. We Kevin, know what we you understand. Mean. Uh, Unbelievable! We understand what this you're is, trying to say. This is Bush League crap right now for me, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, is so... the first overall pick better, like even a 12.5 percent chance at it, or a potential Stanley Cup run? Let's say they beat Carolina, their path is unknown at this time because the other teams to get re- have to get reseeded anyway. What do you think? You you can't really make an educated guess because the everything is so wide. You know, like, oh, look, uh, it's not guaranteed, you know, like, oh, hey, uh, so if we lose, then we get the first pick, but it's not guaranteed. But if you win, it's like, oh, well, we might not make it to the final. So it's kind of like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. I personally think it's better if they play like if they advance to the next round, all because it gives them uh, playoff experience. And I think as a young team, they need that. And even though I wouldn't be upset if they lost, I mean, I, I would be upset if they lost, but I wouldn't be too downtrodden because it's like, hey, we're in the sweepstakes for a first round pick. So it's like a win-win kind of thing. But uh, I think it's better if they advance because the young guys need it. And even though this is a very unprecedented time, it's still considered playoff hockey. So they're going to have to play, you know, you know, balls to the wall as they say or they're gonna have to put their nose to the grindstone as or if that's the right way to say it so as much as you want them to get the first overall pick they're not gonna intentionally tank it it's not like jd and, and gordon are gonna walk into the locker room it's like david quinn and everyone else you guys have to lose but we want to play hot no lose now <laughs> no, it's not better gonna... yet get swept so you can convince Everybody at the NHL to give the Rangers the first overall. Oh pick. gosh, could you just imagine <laughs> the, the 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 backlash we'd hear from those quote unquote? But Carolina they got the fans? second overall pick last year. Eh, who gets a crap? But now let's turn it to Russell because I know he has a very specific uh, <laughs> opinion on this very topic. Russ, like, same question. Do you think it's better for them to like? I don't want to say intentionally lose. Like we're not. That's not what I'm inciting. I'm just saying, would it be better for them to lose the series and have a 12.5 percent chance, or win and then potentially go far in the playoffs? Because either one is unknown. Like 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 JL so, said, it's, it's a com- wide. it's a complicated <laughs> thing. It's a complicated thing because, like JL said, you're not you're not gonna walk into the locker room for guys that have been chomping at the bit to get back to playing hockey, um, and tell them, hey guys, you know. Uh, we thought we wanted you guys to like play more, but you know, can you just lose? Like, it's not gonna happen. It's it's not. It's just not gonna happen. But the question I think that fans need to ask themselves: obviously, the team is gonna play their hearts out. They're gonna try to win every game. The thing you have to ask yourself as a fan, though, is: do you think that the Rangers legitimately do have a chance to beat some of these heavy powerhouse teams? that are favored to win the Stanley Cup and really make a run this year. I mean, truly make a run. Like, think not thinking with our hearts here, thinking with our brains here. 
do they really, really have what it takes to make that push this year to get over the hump and bring the cup back this year? I don't know. I don't know if the defense will hold up. Remember, this will be Igor Shosturkin's first playoff run. Um, remember, a lot of the team is still very young, and by average age, they are the youngest team in the NHL right now, which means there's not a lot of experience on that team. So, but, wouldn't you, but that's the thing. Wouldn't you want them to have this valuable experience? Oh, no, no, and I, I was getting to that. I mean, I think it's, I think it'll be good for them. I think it'll be good for the team and the organization to have their young guys experience what it'll be like to, you know, go on a playoff run and experience the ups and downs and experience that kind of heartbreak you know, okay, we know what this feels like. We don't want this to happen again. Let's keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other hand, if this team does lose to the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously people will be upset. The players are going to be upset. But management can kind of take a step back and say, okay, that didn't go like we planned, but there is a really, really, really good consolation prize waiting for us if the lottery balls come up in our name. Now, of course, it's not guaranteed. And a 12.5% chance is basically an eighth or a tenth out of all the remaining teams that you could get that opportunity to get that pick. But I think the question you need to ask is, do you think the experience is better here for their long-term future? Or is acquiring a franchise-defining talent something that they would be better to take the chance on? Now... We have no control over this because the Rangers are going to play their hearts out and what happens, happens. But in my opinion, I, do, I don't know or don't think they do have all the personnel needed to get over that Stanley Cup hump yet. And I don't necessarily think losing in the second round or losing in the third round would benefit them more than adding a player like Alexei Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield or Tim Stutzel. Whichever route they went down, obviously it'd be one of the first two, but everyone's boards are crazy. So well, I not guess for the, not for the first overall pick. I haven't right. seen Tim for the first overall. It's very one. clear. It is most <laughs> likely going. It is ninety nine point nine percent going to be Alexi Lafreniere, no matter what team gets that number one spot. God help us if it's the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Edmonton Oilers again. <laughs> I pray to God it's neither of them, yeah. because you can only help someone so much in Edmonton's case. And Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, enough. Enough. You got Crosby. You got Crosby. You got Lemieux before. You had Yager also. Enough. Enough. Look what the Red Wings are going through right now. The Red Wings are going through a really bad time in their history right now. They need that. They made the playoffs for like 30 straight years. No, no, I was about to say, they made the playoffs for so long. If the hockey gods if, If the hockey gods are up there and they're watching, please, 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 please. Do not have the Penguins lottery combination come up because they're just going to transition from one generational talent to another. Let some other teams have a chance at the top, please. But in short, I think adding the number one pick overall will be more beneficial to this team's future overall than maybe getting knocked out in another round or two. Well, yes, if it was guaranteed the first overall pick versus maybe some playoff experience, then, yeah, I think every Ranger fan would be like, yeah, let's get the first overall pick. There's no right. way. But that being said, the Rangers were the hottest team in the league before the shutdown. They had every mm-hmm. everything firing on all cylinders, even with Kreider out. So you add Kreider back in, 
you have Igor playing at his top tier, or even Lundqvist if he's going to start against the Canes. You don't know who it's going to be. But the Rangers as a whole do look like a team that could make it far just based off of Artemi Panarin's leadership, Mika Zibanejad's leadership, Jacob Truva being a solid defensive player, and then all these young guys finally contributing and getting enough rest to the point where they could, you know, have every, you know, just everything's firing again, which would be nice. But just kind of going along, like let's say the Rangers did lose and they did get the first overall pick. Who would you rather have? And I mean, like, I know Alexi Lafreniere, Lafreniere is, you know, consensus 99.9% first overall pick, like Russell said. But Russell does have a different opinion on this. And I know he just spoke for a good 20 minutes, JL, but Russell has been nagging me about this all week. Russell, who would you rather pick first overall? It's tough because you're picking between the only player to win back-to-back CHL Player of the Year awards other than Sidney Crosby, one of the most dynamic uh, and talented wingers we've seen come out of the draft in a good long time. He's already being projected to being on that level of uh, Crosby, McDavid, Ovechkin type of dominance. Um, you know. And as much as we loved the Hughes and Kako debate last year, I mean, it, it literally does not hold a candle to this guy because we've been saying for a year now, two years, some people even that this was the draft that you wanted the number one pick. This was the draft that you wanted to have that kind of capital because he is a superstar. He's going to immediately slot into a team's top six next year in training camp. He's immediately going to help out. There's some people even saying he could challenge the rookie modern rookie record for points if, if he somehow gets to Edmonton and plays with McDavid. Like We're talking about a player who's going to come in and within two to three years in his career will be a superstar like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Alexander Ovechkin. You know exactly what you're going to get. So obviously, he is going to be the pick if the Rangers get there. There's no denying that. But if you're looking in terms of fit, you're looking in terms of ceiling, you're looking in terms of who I think would help them more down the line based on what they have, Quinton Byfield is the pick. And the reason for that is because the Rangers are set on the wings for a good long time. With Kreider, Buchnevich, and Panarin, and Kravtsov, and Kako to surround the centers. Filipino seems to be coming into his own nicely, but a lot of people seem to think he's more of a winger, and I can't blame them for feeling that way. Uh, Mika Zibanejad has obviously turned himself into a dominant number one center this season. We've seen him blossom right before our eyes, having the highest goals per game average in the entire league. Ryan Strom is good, but he's a glass cannon in terms of he's just he's offense, but he's going to kill you defensively. And I don't think he's the long term answer at 2C. You had someone like Quinton Byfield, who's one of the also one of the youngest players in this draft, who's six four. 220 plus pounds already. The, I don't even think the kid is 18 yet. Who has silky hands? Who silky. has some of the nicest skating I've ever seen from a dude his size? Can stop on a dime on with his size. Just totally dynamic. Great shot. Really good hands. And he's a natural center iceman. Now you ask yourself, with all of the wings that we have, yeah, Lafreniere would be cherry on top of that wing group that we have in the wings. But the most 
the position of need that the Rangers need most is left defense and center. If you get Quinton Byfield onto this team, you immediately inject one of the best center prospects in the modern era onto your team, and he probably won't be here next year. He would probably take another year in Sudbury, but if he does, I mean, he could easily probably come over. He can't make the AHL, so he'd have to stay in juniors or make the team, so it'll be kind of tough. Um, but in terms of fit, in terms of need, Quinton Byfield of the Sudbury Wolves is the much better um, selection for the New York Rangers. But, of course, if you have the first overall pick and how you're supposed to draft in any major sport is best player available, and I just don't see Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, no matter how good of a fit Quinton Byfield is, turning down the opportunity to add Alexei Lafreniere to their roster and figuring out the center ice position as this build goes on. Well, yeah, they could always make trades. But, you know, JL, just quick until we move on to our next one, because I let Russell really run it because I know he's passionate about his little boy, uh, Quinn. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. Who would you rather have? Um, Russell makes a lot of good points about Byfield, and I think it's uh, it, it's very it, – it fits the Rangers' need perfectly. But truth be told, as much as I think Byfield – and this is not a knock on Byfield at all. I think Byfield is a solid player. I think he's going to be a phenomenal NHLer, very akin to Eric Lindros. But I think the situation the Rangers are in now, I think they're looking for someone to make more of an immediate impact. And I think at this point, Lafreniere fits that mold. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think the Rangers have benefited well with putting in guys who were unorthodox down the middle. But the winger talent on this team is just so good that they can live off of that. So mm-hmm. if you're running a team with like Capo, Caco, Lafreniere, Panarin, Kreider, Kratsov, I mean, that's pretty damn good. So, you could sacrifice Booch in so, that. I mean, you right. don't want to, but no, I mean, if but, you really but, need to, you could. But what you can do, too, is in an instance like that, is a team like the Rangers that is essentially trying to, you know, win now after basically rebuilding for the last two or three years, um, you can find someone on the market or trade for someone that can be locked up to a reasonable deal and maybe bridge the gap between you know, whatever centers you have down the line. And also, let's not forget, I'm not saying this person is exact, you know, is at the same level as uh, uh, Byfield, but you got a guy like Carl Henriksen in the wings, and we all know Carl Henriksen has loads of talent. So who knows? He could be a sleeper one that just comes in and just ends up playing extremely well. I think the Rangers tend to do well with centers in lower tiers or just players in lower tier drafts. So, uh... I think if they get number one, as much as I think Byfield fits this team well, I think Lafreniere just makes puts this team over the hump. Now, to pose a hypothetical to you, JL, and this uh, is I from like, our very own I like stat boy Steven himself. <laughs> so obviously we all know that Ottawa and Detroit got very upset because they didn't get the first overall pick. I'd, Boo-hoo. Oh, well. Yeah, I'd be upset. Um, <laughs> they got they do, have a, they, do have, they do have three first-round picks in this draft this year, Ottawa. He posed, that boy Steven did, they offer you the third overall from San Jose, is it? Their, their own fifth overall, and the 21st overall that they got from the Islanders for the first overall pick. Would you do that? No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. That was no. quick. No, <laughs> d- because... Uh, what? Okay, This again, this is not a knock on any player whatsoever, but again... Like Russell said, best player available. That's how you do the draft. You know, that's how you basically go on board. Best player available. 
The Rangers, when they draft, they try to go for best player available. You don't pass up a talent like Lafreniere all because you're trying to supplement other needs that could potentially be filled by other players. And not to say that, again, any of these guys that they would end up getting with those lower picks would be bad, but that's basically that's basically the same thing as, okay, McDavid's there, but I'm going to trade my number one because I want to get this guy, this guy, and this guy. Well, you just missed out on Connor McDavid, hypothetically speaking. Yeah. So you don't you don't want to miss the chance to have the guy because it's even though it's 50-50, you don't want to miss that chance. It's like the Atlanta Thrashers um, actually, no, that's a bad example because everybody knew Patrick Stefan was bad. Um, uh, Alexander Dake, okay, that's a perfect example. Ottawa took the chance on him. They didn't trade the pick for two other players who could have been better. You know, that could have gone either way. You know, teams don't trade their first overall picks. They don't because yeah. the best player available is legit the unless, best player. Unless you get a king's ransom where some of them were hypotheticals of Again, if it was Ottawa, because they did have two picks very early on, if you got the first ra- first overall pick and they offered you two and three with something else, oh, that's a completely baby, different, that is that's an a completely that is different that is, story. Now, that's an interesting package. That's because, an interesting package yeah. because it's, like Russell said, it's, you know, Lafreniere, Byfield, and then Stutzel or whoever else you well, want or need. I mean, but I, obviously, it's whatever. I'm just using that as an example. Of course. But... Okay, I like how JL said, JL put it brilliantly. Do you pass on Connor McDavid? No. But it's very interesting to think about. I mean, yeah. I think another interesting oh, point, interesting. if the Rangers did get one overall, and Ottawa did happen off him 3-5-21, and 21, the other way to look at it is, JL mentioned Carl Henriksen before. Carl Henriksen plays with two specific wingers when he plays plays internationally, or he's... Stit- or he's History has shown he's played with two wingers internationally. Those two wingers are both in this draft, and both of them are top five players. And for those that don't know, that's Alexander Holtz and Lucas Raymond. Now, I mean, because the Rangers do have Carl Henriksen as as their you know as one of their prospects, one of the interesting things I think Jeff Gordon might take maybe a second to think about would be having Sweden's entire World Junior top line for the next decade on his team. They already have the chemistry. You'd have them all, like, they'd all speak the same language. They already know how to communication with each other. They already have the chemistry. And you're looking at a second line or first line in a few years of being Holtz, Henriksen, Raymond on your team, which would be very intriguing. And with the 21st pick, you could grab any of the available centers that are left. So that's the only reason I would even think Jeff Gordon would, yeah. you know, maybe entertain the idea, having two, adding two elite snipers to his team but again the wings would be so flooded you would have i mean again you could probably make a trade for a center have some of your bundle some of your prospects and get a center that way so i mean the possibilities are endless but it would be very tough to get rid of lafreniere rangers have a lot of options that's the thing if they end up getting that pick I mean, obviously, like mm-hmm. you said, they'll more than likely just take Lafreniere, but that's a very that, that's probably the only situation that you can probably say, you know what, I might actually consider it. Because then the haul that you would have to get back in return, not just the two picks, you know, you're probably getting another player in return. You know, that yeah, has absolutely. to be the case. You're not, you're not just going to give up these draft picks. You're getting picks. an NHL, either NHL-ready player or a player that's proven himself and is young enough. Yeah. Because like you said, you're I would trading also for a franchise player potentially. 
I saw an interesting thing on Twitter. Instead of asking for the twenty-first pick from Ottawa, if you if they really really want Lafreniere that bad, ask them for three, five, and Brady Kachuk. Oh no, wow. I, I don't think they would do that. I though. wouldn't. I wouldn't see them doing that either. No, but that, that's, that's a very interesting counter offer. That's addition that by Jayden subtraction. Could do. We all, they yeah. could also yeah, they could also come around and go like, well, it's a very deep draft. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, I'll just draw hypotheticals. I'm it's just saying I think that would it's be It's a deep draft. Yeah. You can replace him. Come on, give him to us. Yeah. Why not? We <laughs> don't. Yeah. You don't need great. him. We do. But you know what you could do, and this is the last I'm going to say before we move on. You could, you know, give them one, and uh, your later pick that you get from Carolina for their picks, all three of them, plus Brady to Chuck. That's that's fair, I guess. Right. That seems fair. Like still getting an early on a pick. They're still not giving up all their picks. But regardless, let's talk about real news, not hypothetical news. <laughs> Hills Lundquist, unfortunately, will be staying in Europe for next season. What does that mean for the blue line? Like This is all we talked about Like this whole year of can't wait to see Nils and Keandre. Who's going to be the odd defenseman out? Is Tony D even worth re-signing? Is Tony D even worth re-signing at this point? Like, what... Now it's question marks. I I personally was expecting those to come next year, or I guess next season. But like, jail. Like, what, what, where does this leave it? Like, obviously, it's not turmoil. We're fine. But what what happens now? First of all, it's it's um, it's good that Nils is gonna go back. Is gonna stay in Sweden, work on his game a little more, mature. Which is fine, by the way. Which I also said the same thing when we talked about Pajiniemi. Um. You want him to mature in an environment that he's comfortable in. Uh, he, you want to make sure that he can. You don't want to rush him over too much. I, I think the Rangers are a little bit spooked on what happened with Leah Anderson. So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying not to rush the um, their prospects as much anymore. Uh, it was a little different with guys like Butchnevich and and Duclair, uh, you know Kevin Hayes, Jimmy Vc, and all that because they were trying to infuse some youth after having so much, you know. You know, some of their young guys grow old. So I think Lundqvist staying in Sweden is a good thing. Let him work on his game. Let him just continue to dominate, repeat performance. Let him get confident because sometimes you bring someone over too early and they lose confidence. You don't want that. And also that it also means that you can keep Tony D'Angelo and also have Nils Lundqvist here because, the you know, Stahl's deal runs out by the time he'll get here. Uh, Smith's deal will be out by the time he gets here. So you don't want to have a young guy come in and then not have veterans there to help support him. Now, it's not to say that guys like Truba, um, you know, Truba, Fox, and Lindgren, they won't already have had their lumps, but you already want to have a short thing, and then you want to have that good thing added to the short thing. So it's well, actually... You don't want to put too much pressure on the guy. Yeah, and also, he'll end up more than likely going to Hartford and doing the same thing that uh, Shesterkin did, for the most part. And usually it's better for defensemen to stay in their homeland, then comes to Hartford, and then come to the NHL, unless they're, like, exceptional talent undeniably good can't get rid of you know can't keep him in the minors kind of thing so i think it's good that he's going to stay in sweden let him work on his game and truth be told i think this is a good situation for the rangers they can lock up tony d'angelo and you know just keep him around and have lundquist come in and just solidify the left side heck they might even be a pair for goodness sake oh god don't say that oh why not the children oh it'll be too dirty to watch oh yes 
Yes. Oh, I want to yes. see all of that. I, if, if I had I, to there in the first half, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if I, if, no, I, if, if I you're telling me I, I get to see Nils Lundqvist and Tony D'Angelo just do certain dirty, sick dangles from the back end against the Devils every single time, I will go to every single game and just yell at them with happiness from my seat. From the Prudential Center? Of course. <laughs> both, no, both there both and the Madison Square Garden. And MSG. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Russ. Yeah. Does, does, like, do you think that Nils' decision was based off the fact that he probably didn't want to compete for a spot and potentially get knocked down to Hartford if he was playing poorly? No, I think the mo- most of this decision was because of the uncertainty of the NHL returning next season uh, in terms of timetables. We don't even know when the AHL is going to be back next year yet. Um, people think the next NHL season is going to start with the Winter Classic, um, essentially in January. I mean, there's so many scenarios up in the air. Um, the guy, the kid, literally wouldn't know where he was playing for months and months on end. I think this was more for him to just lock in, so he knows where he's going to play. He has some familiarity with it, and he knows that in a year he'll be done there and he'll be a New York Ranger. I doubt this kid spends any time in Hartford. Um, I think he is going to be. As close of a lock to a roster spot as you can get being a prospect. Uh, he's shattering all kinds of records as an underage defenseman in the SHL. Um, we're talking about the top point totals all time for a U8, uh, I believe a U20 defenseman or U18 defenseman. Steve will correct me if I'm wrong. but um, You know Nils we're going to get a message once he listens yeah. to this. Guys, it's actually U19. Nils Lundqvist <laughs> is a very, very special talent. The Rangers stole him at the end of the first round in 2018. No one knew that this is exactly what he was going to become playing for Lulia. Um, I think this complicates things with more that with Tony D'Angelo than I think people realize. Um, Nils Lundqvist, if he did agree to come over next year and this whole COVID thing was not happening, I think Jeff Gorton and John Davidson are a lot more, e- uh, not eager, but they would, they wouldn't mind as much if Tony D'Angelo wouldn't be re-signed here because you're looking at a prospect who's like I said as close to a plug-and-play as you can get um this complicates things with Tony D'Angelo because he's not going to take another one-year deal he's gonna want his money he's gonna want the bag he's gonna want some security now he is an RFA the Rangers don't have to qualify him but who is gonna play the right side on your third pair or second pair now um next at least for next season it's going to complicate things in terms of signing him it's going to complicate things in terms of the salary cap which is being rumored to be stagnant at 81.5 million for the next two to three seasons which is very very bad for us and for a lot of the contenders in the nhl right now because they expected the cap to rise when they were signing deals over the past few seasons the cap was already expected to go up to as much as 85 86 million some people were saying earlier in the year um a lot of people think the league might award two or three compliance buyouts to some teams like they did after the lockout just to ease some of the pain um, with the salary cap not going up and to make sure that competing teams can stay competitive. So there is a lot going into this decision um, for management just based on the fact that this one guy is not coming over next year to fill a spot that they need. So it's really tough, but I do like that he's staying there because I think it benefits him more to play against older competition. It benefits him more to play against more experienced competition and let him just keep playing that top pair, top power play time over in the SHL where the competition is a a lot better than the American hockey league is. And when he, and now with another year of development, 
he's even more ready to plug and play in um 2021-22. And I think that'll be that's going to be the year where the Rangers really start to crest and really start to hit their stride because you're going to have a, a year of development out of Keandre Miller who will be competing for a full-time roster spot by then. You're going to have another year of development of Matthew Robertson who should be competing for a roster spot by then and David Ference who a lot of people think if he stays at BU this year, which he said he's going to, next summer he'll be a free agent in college. And if the Rangers really, really want to dip into their, you know, Rangers original six team, David Quinn was his coach prior. David Ference could even be an option for the left side in 2021-22. So you're looking at Nils entering a team at the moment when the sparks should start flying and when they should start hitting their stride. So I think for Nils, it's a great decision, but it's going to cause some problems for the New York Rangers this summer in terms of what they do with Tony D'Angelo. Because if you're looking at Nils Lundqvist and you know you're going to get someone like that for three years on a $925,000 deal or whatever the entry-level contract is now, I doubt you want to give Tony D'Angelo, who's going to want probably like a 7 by 6 or a 7 by 5.5 or a 7 by 7 whatever he's going to request, he's not going to get it. And... You know, he could shift. You could have someone shift sides, Truba or Fox or whoever. You could have someone shift to the left. But do you really want to put that much money into into someone like Tony D when you have Miller, Robertson, Truba, Fox, Lindgren, Lundquist on the way? And I just think you can fill that position as good as he was this year cheaper and better if they wait one season so it's going to cause some problems for management of course you, you took the words right out of my mouth because if this was a few years ago when the rangers had no prospects and tony d had this breakout season we'd all say lock him up lock him yeah. up we don't have anybody 100%. lock him up now give him whatever he wants but this is the embarrassment of the riches the rangers have you don't need tony d'angelo as good as he was, as good of a player that he is, and as much as I like him as a player, he's not going to be worth the money because he might regress. You don't know what's going to happen. You take the risks when you don't have literally five other guys waiting to take it. Ready right. to take your job. Right, exactly. So he proved that. It's like, this is my prove-it year. But is it enough to give him a five- to seven-year contract right after the Rangers gave Chris Kreider a seven-year contract? Definitely not. It's tough. No, it's... And, uh, the Chris Carter thing, thing could come back center. to hurt them, too. Yeah. But, but don't forget, he was a I mean, center. they, they <laughs> were able to move Brady Shea's contract after... What, they, they yeah, had him for, they had him for, what, want to have to be two? stuck with this contract? Like well, Russell said, it's like the Rangers aren't ready to blossom just yet. But I think also if you sign him, it's also security just in case something happens with Nils. Not to say that Nils won't pan out. I'm not trying to insinuate anything, but I think uh, if you sign him and you use him in a package deal or try to trade him for some pieces, obviously the embarrassment of riches makes that easier. Therefore, mm-hmm. you can use that you know guaranteed contract. 525 is more than likely what he's going to get, similar to the Brady Shea contract. And you move him in part with a deal that can probably get you a decent piece. So it's not like they can't move it, and it's not like within the next two years, Tony D'Angelo is just going to rapidly age, you know, and turn 60. His knees are going to deteriorate. No, you know, knocking on wood here. But I think if you sign him, it gives you security, and and, and it seems like the Rangers know when and how to manage their assets. So... Well, everybody thought Brady Shea was going to be untradeable. 
a lot of people didn't think that he was going to net what he got. The fact that Brady Shea was able to garner a first-round pick at half the production that Tony D'Angelo was able to give, I have no problem thinking that the Rangers could move Tony D'Angelo for maybe that and maybe better. If Tony D'Angelo signed to a five-year, 5.25 contract, and then they traded him for a first-round pick, you take that any day of the week. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think but it's impossible. At what year of his contract, that's the thing. But see, th- th- again... And, I, and I, another thing is, this could easily happen to him, what happened to Brady Shea. He could have this amazing year that then gets a contract, and then it's over. Then we're trading him, or we're begging to trade him, and we don't know if it was his fault, or Lindy Ruff's fault, or the entire team's dynamic fault. We don't know. But I think as of right now, the best thing to do, if he wants, take another one-year deal. Don't you don't know what it's going to be. He's not going to do that, but... You don't know. They might come to him and be like, hey, look, he, do you want to stay for three years? Do you want to stay for one year? Or do you want to get traded? That's it. I just, They're not going to sign see, him for five years. I, I do don't not see, see this. He's probably going to get a bridge deal. I don't see it. He's probably going to get I a bridge don't even deal. Think, I don't think he's going to want one. I really think he's going to push for that not. long-term deal. I really think he's going to push for it. And if that's the case, I mean, they're going to have to make a really, really tough decision. It's going to be it's gonna, like... He's not the only one that needs to be re-signed. There's other guys they need to worry about, too. But especially with the cap staying what it is, we don't even know if there's going to be compliance buyouts. We have no idea what it, things are going to look like once the season ends, if yeah. the season even continues. A lot of players tested positive for COVID today. There's still a possibility they could pull the plug on this whole thing. But the point is, there's so much uncertainty with the this right now and i highly doubt that any player is going to want to take a shorter deal when nobody knows what the nhl is going to look like in a f- next season when they can sign a long-term deal now and get the bag secured perfect perfectly said and to round it off a little bit of uh extra news vitaly kratzov has been invited to phase three of the rangers camp yes training camp pre Playoff oh, camp, baby. Camp, camp, camp. Good for him. So we discussed this last time, or I think the time before, with Libor Hayek also coming to camp. And I had an opinion that it was, you know, he's going to be the seventh or eighth defenseman. He's going to be that backup, backup, backup guy because they already have enough defensemen. Kratzov's a little bit different because we still don't know what the deal is with Brendan Lemieux. Is he suspended? Do we know for how long? If he is suspended for three games, the, that might be the whole Rangers series. They they need they need a winger, and it can't be who it can't be some Bumble legendary jazz. legendary yeah. goal scorer Michael Haley. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I, I was going to use a very bad word, but uh, good you know, th- good, good thing I stopped you, Kevin. Good, good thing you came in when you did, JL. <laughs> Russ, Kratzov, what did you break the roster? Um, okay, so Vitaly Kratzov went from heartthrob to not really liked to heartthrob once again when he came back. So this is a player who's had a very up-and-down year, but who the Rangers managing clearly has very high hopes in with how high they picked him in the 2018 draft. Now, Vitaly Kravtsov, when he came back from Europe this season, after he 
left and made his second uh, return. Um, I think he really showed his maturity. I think he was finally starting to make plays. He was finally starting to show the kind of player who he could be. And let's be real here. You know, he really thought he was going to make the roster out of training camp. He really I thought, thought he was that, make the roster. Yeah, we, we all did. We all thought he, judging from his last year in the KHL and all the things he'd done before, I really, really thought that he, that the Rangers would stick him in a third line role and let him grow. Obviously did not happen that way. And the kid was disappointed. We all would have been if we were in his position. And yes, he threw kind of a fit and he went home. But you're not looking into this kid's head. You don't know who he is. He's a young kid. He's 18. Imagine the same thing with Kapokaka last year. Moving away from everyone you've ever known and loved to move to a new country and play hockey in front of all these people who expect you to be a savior right off the bat. Remember, before Kapokaka was the pick here, people were throwing a lot of their hopes behind, behind Vitaly Kravtsov, putting a lot of pressure on this kid's shoulders. That's a lot for someone to take in their first year, right? Now... He has a brand new attitude. He's been invited by them to compete for a spot in Phase Three camp, and I really do think, especially with you know Michael Haley, obviously not the most talented offensive player, Brendan Lemieux suspension possibly carrying into this, like you said, Kevin. I really think they're going to give him every single opportunity possible to play together, you know, to play on this team, and I think that um, you know how the Rangers have this kid line. Uh, with uh, with Howden and Kako, and um, I believe Heedle is on that line too. I think a great experiment for them to try, and something that will be really cool in camp is bump Howden down one line, get Michael Haley out of the lineup, have Howden play a solid defensive fourth-line role on this team, I, I knew. and put Vitaly Kravtsov. I knew you were sending Howden down. But, but that's, I'm not that. sending him down. No, I'm sending him no, to another I know what you team. mean, sending him down a yeah. line. Yeah, no. yeah, send him down a line. And let Vitaly work with put Filipino back at the center ice position. Let's see how he does, because he's got the size. He's been showing some great skill this year. And let him work alongside Filipino. Let him work alongside Capocaco, and let's see what happens here. And remember, you can also you, remember Chris Kreider is also back. He's healthy. You already know your top six. You have two combos you can trust: Kreider and Kreider and Zabanajad. You can trust. You can also trust Zabanajad with Boots, so your top line is secure. And then you have Strom, Panarin with Fast. As good as, as as good of a player as Jesper Foster is, as defensively sound as he is, as hard as he competes, he's still not a top six forward. I'm sorry, Jonathan. I know you're gonna kill me. I'm sorry. It's, it's just <laughs> it's the truth. It really it's the truth. As much as I love the guy, as much as I love Jesper Foster, he's not a top six player. Maybe you take Vitaly Kravtsov or Kyle Kako and you bump him up. But let's see what we can do here. There's multiple opportunities for Vitaly Kravtsov on this Rangers roster. He just has to show that he has the drive, the will to compete, and show David Quinn he's not going to give up on the play. This is this is some great propaganda for some Vitaly Kravtsov, <laughs> which I love. I'm eating it up. Sign me up. Good grief. I can't agree more. It's, I mean, look, look no, he's got the hands. Going, he's got the skills. To, he, he has the hockey mind. He can do it. He can he do played it. played better defensively, too. If you did watch some of those Hartford clips, which I did get a good chance to when, like, you know, the Rangers weren't playing that great. He looked great. He was adjusting a lot better than the first time he was there. And he seemed like he was meshing a lot better with the players. Just imagine what he could do with guys that he wants to play with. And that's not saying guys at Hartford aren't playable or, you know, they don't, they're not good players. It's just, this is the NHL. This is the playoffs. He could pull, a, he could pull a Kreider where he just comes in and kills it. We don't know what's going to happen. And then 
what are you going to get yelled at for, Quinn, if you play Kratzov? Oh, no, the Rangers had a terrible time beating Carolina, or they lost to Carolina. Oh, well, it's just, who cares? They're not, they weren't even poised to make the playoffs. If the season ended the, at the same rate, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So it wouldn't have mattered in the first place. So, I don't know. I just, I, I personally think throwing Kratzov in and trying something like a high-powered offense wouldn't be too bad against a team that has terrible goalie problems, terrible defense problems. They know Doobie Hamilton's back and, you know, Brady Shea's there. But it's okay. They could beat Brady Shea. Unless he <laughs> unless he shook off the rust from Lindy Ruff. But uh, anyway, J.O., you're awfully quiet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, 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 I like that he's coming here. I like that Kratzov is going to be uh, around to compete for a spot. Um, you guys basically touched on most of it. He matured when he came back after his little thing in Hartford. Uh, whether he came from he came back from Russia and he matured. Um, when he played here during the preseason, he I, I think his demeanor changed from uh, trying to be like a superstar and just kind of like try too much to becoming an all-around player, which his skills would end up shining through. And you can see the difference in demeanor. You can see the difference in play style. You can see the difference in tenacity in the way that he played. So... He's going to get his chance. Now, whether he capitalizes it on it or not, well, that's another story for when the time comes. But it seems to me that the Rangers still have a ton of faith in him, even though they may not have, you know, even though it didn't seem like the situation with him in Russia wasn't handled properly, I think the Rangers did all that they could to try and make him comfortable. Um, to be honest, I think that was the right decision to send him to Hartford after training camp. Um and now that he's matured and it seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, I, uh, I I think that he can make a significant impact now. Now, whether he makes it or not, that's to be seen. But the fact that he's here and the fact that he's willing and the fact that he's gunning for a spot, I think, says a lot considering what we heard you know, last October. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, last thing, just a quick yes or no, and then we will wrap it up. Artemi Panarin voiced his, uh, I wouldn't say concerns, but more just his opinion on the CBA and the situation of all players coming back without having a new deal in place. Do you think this was the right time to mention it? Or do you think that it was, uh, well, I'll start with that. Do you think it was the right time to mention it, JL? Yes. Yes I, or no? I do. Because if you notice, there's a, there's a nice trend in sports nowadays where owners are trying to take advantage of players and, 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 and other things to monetarily for their advantage. Um, so I think with what was going on with Major League Baseball, um, I think made everyone aware of the problems that the CBA might have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it was Panarin or whether it was, his it was his agent, you know, it was good that they brought it up because not even a week after that came out, they already started hammering a deal out for escrow. So it seems like the NHL is a little more reactive with the owners and the players, and they seem like they're more willing to get a deal done. But yes, I think it is good that Panarin took, or whether it was either him or someone else, took the time out to mention it because, you know, 
if that was one of the main factors of a potential lockout and it wasn't addressed, then, you know, that it's on the players' shoulders. They didn't say anything. No, exactly. they didn't make anybody aware. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm right. sure every part, everybody knew about it, but I mean, the fact that he put it out there just kind of gave more power to the players, which resulted in the owners basically just trying to negotiate whatever escrow deal they were trying to do for the CBA. So I think it was good that he did it, and mm-hmm. um, hopefully, it's a precursor to better talks when it comes to negotiating the new CBA when it comes to hockey because when it comes to major league baseball i am not oh, looking, i knew I it, it only took so far. long oh, boy. well i didn't there drop i didn't go. drop the mets yet oh now we did and now i did took me a whole episode Russ, to do it question for you obviously yes. you know Artemi panarin speaking out is good for the players is it good for the fans like do you like the fact that artemi panarin spoke out like he's our superstar he just got here do you think that he might hold out in any way just because like there's no cba nah i don't i don't think he will i think that the concerns he voiced are extremely valid like saying like you you know he and i applaud him for it he's looking out for looking out for you know he's one of the first players to really speak out on the upcoming cba that they're gonna have to worry about and all thumbs up to panarin for really kind of starting to take charge in this whole thing and realizing that the players need to worry about this whole escrow thing once the CBA rolls around. He's not going to hold out. He's already said he's looking forward to playoff hockey. He's looking forward to doing things with the Rangers, as he always is. I mean, the man's a superstar. We love him. He's not going anywhere. He's just bringing to light a conversation that's going to need to be had, and he's kind of just making sure that the owners are kind of on their toes about it, that the players are aware, and this is not going to go away. Perfect. Um, that's a great answer, and... You know, it, it scares me a little bit just because you never know. You never know. Today it might be like, yeah, you know, I can't wait for playoff hockey. And then tomorrow it's like, you know what? If we don't make a, some strides, I'm not playing. It could always happen. You never know what might happen. Yeah, well, we but live. That we're, being we're, said, we're in very unprecedented times. So we still don't even know if the that the season's going to finish. The playoffs are going to start. We just so have let's to just hope roll with for, the roll. Yeah, exactly. Roll with the punches. Hope that everything is a okay. People, please start wearing your damn masks. <laughs> You're please, not a hero. Please wear your mask. It doesn't make Don't you like unmanly. Florida. Please, we're not Florida. We're New York. New York, strong, tough. No comment. I'm in no New com- Jersey. Oh, yeah, Jersey. <laughs> I know. Know. Well, Jer- Jersey, Jersey strong. Jersey strong? Yes. Like Baston strong? No. Okay. No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I'm sorry, Big Poppy. Um. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I just, I find it weird that you have to apologize to David Ortiz and David Ortiz no, no, only I for the city of Boston. To you, uh, to you, John Luke Shapiro. You said Big AKA Poppy. Big Poppy. No, stop. Yes. Oh yes. hush. Okay. End the show, Kevin. I'm ending the show. Thank you all for <laughs> listening. I'm not going to give out my Twitter handles because you already know it. No. Have what, a good if they, night, guys. what if they don't? <laughs> Okay, give me your Twitter handle, JL. My Twitter handle is at JL Shapiro eight. Russell's is at Russell Hartman one because at Russell Hartman two was taken. <laughs> and I, I didn't want to say it. And uh, Kevin's is at Space Earthbender one e. And also, you. you can follow Forever Blue Shirts. That's a fl- the number four Ever Blue Shirts. And uh, take a look at our articles on the website. We touch on uh, the Vitali Kratsov situation and much more. So that's and also follow us on Instagram. 
That's right. I think it's oh, yeah, forever, we got an Instagram. forever underscore blue shirts. And I'm not giving out my Instagram handle because that's going to take too much time. Maybe one day we'll get a Patreon. Or, you know, like, what's the Casper beds? Sure. Or, you know, Blue Apron. Yeah. One of those Be things. On the lookout. To throw. I know we have I know we have ads. Just I like to read ads. So let me know. No, you don't, Kevin. Okay. Stop. Russell, take us out, please. Thanks for listening, everybody. And as always, let's go Rangers. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Yeah.